so today we wanted to talk about how to do a meat duck contest calling routine. Um, this isn't going to be about how to blow your duck call. This isn't going to be about individual sounds or how to do like a feeder call. This is just going to be how to put the routine together and any tips on that. Um, as you probably know, I'm not the greatest caller, but I reached out to some good friends and that's where Bobby Hayes from Ducklander calls and he brought his friend TC over. Um, and these guys are going to give you a bit of a tutorial on meat contest calling and maybe a little bit of what the difference between meat and open is. So TC, I wanted to open it up to you and go ahead and talk about meat duck calling. So in a, a meat duck calling routine, the basis you really want to start with is thinking about you calling ducks in the field. You start out, they're ways away out, they're ways away out. Um, you So you basically hit a hail call. So, I mean, you a lot of guys do anywhere from two to three strings of hail calls. You don't want to, and it's not the ringing hail that you hear in Stuttgart. It's your just your meat style hunting hail, a little bit louder. And you kind of just string that down and then, a lot of guys will take in that second one, they'll start working down to a their medium volume hens. And in your hens, uh, there's a couple different styles. So like you have some guys that want to focus on their flow. Some guys go with the amount of different sounds and ducks they can make. And the best way to put it is you want to keep the best flow possible. You don't want to have it super choppy to where it's, loud and then super soft and jump it back up to fast and then super loud again you kind of want to always think about it in a stair-stepping manner you want to work it down from your hails and your hens start out louder and then work their way softer and once you get in basically your softest hen then you start in your feed call you run into your feed call and then all of a sudden the dog spooks the ducks and then you're trying to work them back into you turn them around so you jump back on it loud fast you're trying to call them back and then you basically start in on your ducks again, work them down as you're hitting them on the corners. And then you go into a feed call and you're kind of working them down as, I mean, just getting quieter and quieter. Then you just hit your clothes out and it's just quack, 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 as, as you're finishing ducks, you really just want to focus on the picture and the painting of the picture of just working ducks as I mean, as you are in the field, and that's that's basically what a meat contest routine is, and that's the nice part about a meat contest routine is you can blow the same duck call that you hunt with. You don't have to have a special duck call. It's I mean, basically think of it like you're hunting. With a meat routine, you have 90 seconds of the contest. It, your routine, the light will come on at 80 seconds, and you have 10 seconds to finish. But if you go past that 90 seconds, you're going to be disqualified. That, that's a big one. So you want to watch watch your time and make sure you're taking breaths through there so you, you don't run out of breaths. I mean, in, in the middle of your routine. So what happens if you go too short? Like, say I do a 60-second routine instead of 90. You just didn't so have it. You're not going to get docked any, but a good judging panel will know basically the length. They'll, they'll kind of know the length that they should be hearing and if you cut it off super short they'll notice you were rushed your tempo and then they'll associate that with nerves and uncomfortable being uncomfortable and then they'll, they won't dock you but you won't score as high as the guy that basically filled up the routine okay and so that's, that's, uh, 
my biggest problem is I end up running it short just because I'm so amped up. I run out of breath. I mean, okay. If, it, uh, it's, it, it is a structure. So if you have all of the structure there, it, it is right at the time. Correct. So if, if you're that short, you, you kind of miss something or you rushed it really badly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whether you missed a duck, because you can kind of tell just the flow of the routine. If you missed a duck in there, if you cut your feed call a little bit short, or if you missed a whole section of the routine, it's, it's pretty apparent if you cut it that short. Like my routine runs anywhere from 79 to 82 seconds. In the 79, I when I play it back, I can tell where I was rushed. And that just comes with a lot of practice. Yeah. And, and that's basically you're trying to tell a story here is what exactly. you're describing there, right? Like you're trying to bring those birds in, you're feeding them to get them laying down and they get spooked and then, okay. And, yep. uh, and pardon me. And you just basically work them back into the blind. I mean, like say your buddy popped up, went to shoot before the shot was called and then you start working them back around and then, then you finally do get to kill them. Perfect. Uh, if you've listened to a lot of routines and the, the routines are sound, it doesn't matter where you would pick up the sound in the routine you can tell what part it is if it's done well yeah exactly. so i know if he's on his comeback versus hail versus first set of feed versus second set or his finish like yeah. you can pick it up right off the bat if it's if it's if it's if the routine is good okay and yeah. for the actual um feeder call like you have to be you know those machine gun quick stuff for the meat calls or the meat routines no. So that that's another thing that differentiates it from a main street routine. You want to have a faster choppy feed, but it does you don't want to roll it. That it you want to just bounce it around in and out, speed it up at times, slow it down, and just a lot of different the best feed will sound back and forth with ducks mixed in between it. You never want to roll it because then they're gonna associate that with a main street routine okay so and the, the guys put a lot of personality into the feed on a meat routine exactly because the feed the yeah. feed is what truly really differentiate yourself everybody kind of has the same ducks i mean to a point with their own style but the feed is where a contest is won and lost in my opinion you you might have a guy that has more ducks or less ducks or maybe you've got somebody that's just really powerful on hens but the feed that everybody feeds different exactly yeah okay so coming up to my first competition right um i go up on stage do i, I practice a little bit beforehand right uh, uh yep. when you get up on stage from the second you set foot on that stage go through what's going to happen i'm going to get a little bit of time to to make sure my call's fine like what's let me know what's going on there at every contest you're going to have a bullpen that is behind the judges or to the side of it where the judges cannot see you they will be blinked off whether that's a curtain, they may be in kind of like a blocked off room that is separate from the contest stage. You're going to walk around to the stage and the MC will ask you, do you need a warm up? Nod your head. You do want, Once you step on that stage, you are not allowed to speak at all because the judges will be able to hear your voice and they, they can tell your voice. I mean, if you've been to enough of them, you're going to walk up there. They're going to ask if you want a uh, warm up, nod your head, and they're going to say this is a warm up. You can warm up for anywhere from five seconds to five minutes, and you I don't can think check. There's a time on it, is there? Like you can do whatever you want. 
No, you. you yeah. I watched um, Trevor Shanahan go through three different calls one time. Yeah. Bubble to read, and I mean, like on two different ones in his warm up. You can spend as much time up there as you want, as long till you're comfortable, and then you're just gonna nod your head, and they're gonna say this is for real, and then that as after that, that is when your judging will start but the 90 second clock will not start until your first note of your call comes out of the exhaust of your call so that's when you start your hail call like exactly exactly good and then you do your 90 second routine get off the stage still don't say nothing right because those judges they're they're listening to that story that you're telling exactly they're not looking at you they're not looking at you like you know sometimes you see those guys doing a turkey call routine where they're like they're flapping and they're pretending they're a turkey and stuff. Like they're not even looking at that. That's the audience might see it, but these judges don't see that, right? The, the judges will never see you, or in a properly ran contest, they will never see you just because that keeps the bias out of it. Yeah. Good. And that's the best way. Okay. D- define hail call for them, TC, because when you say that, a lot of guys are going to think of Main Street and a ring. So a hail call for, on a meet style contest call to me is basically maxing out your hunting call without it getting how would you describe that main street sound that ping out as fat as can yeah it's just yeah. a big old that that's basically a help without it ringing is and a lot of your hunting style calls won't ring at all so a lot of guys won't even have to worry about that so what I was thinking we could maybe do is you could go through the little sections, but so, a hail call would start out and sound something like this. It's just, you basically want to do two of the same biggest ducks you can produce out of your call. Yeah. And you're not doing that ringing part though, where you're getting, you're pushing the limits of a call. You're you're doing your actual hunting, right? Exactly, exactly what you would do in the field. It, you see ducks a thousand yards away, and you're trying to pull them off the next spread away from you. Okay. And then after that, you're going to transition into a feeder. Uh, you're going to transition into your hens, which is okay. basically working the ducks. And my hens go something like this. You could also call them breeders. <laughs> So as you saw there, I hit my loudest one first, and then I just worked it down and a little bit slower, slower, slower. It's softer. And then I will back it up into my feed call. Okay. My, my feed call, my, I'll go through the, cause I think of the feed section as basically two parts. Cause you're going to mix a duck in the middle of it. So I'll put both sections in there together. <laughs> Speed it up, get louder as the ducks are flying off. 
typically it's three quacks and then just a big duck. Okay, guys, so that is what a full routine would sound like uh, from TC there. So I guess the next step would be like, where are you taking your breaths? Because I can't just blow out for 90 seconds straight, right? So what are you doing to, to make sure that you have air coming in? So on a breath, the biggest thing to remember is never fully empty your tank. Always keep some in there because if you have to take a to fully fill up your lungs and stuff the judges will hear that and it'll take a second long of a pause so i take basically a half breath in between each hail and then i take a half breath before i start my hands and then another half breath in between my in between right before i go into my feed and then i start my first set of feed i hit a little duck in there i take basically a quarter breath and I finish out my feet after that. And then you're basically working into your step up into your other hands. I take a full breath, work it all the way down through my hands right before I start my last feed. I take one more breath. I uh, go through my feed and then in my closeout, I just, I take a small breath in between each quack and that's basically it. So there's a really only about seven spots i take a breath and it they're they're never full breaths hardly ever right. just just because once you empty your tank it lo- takes a lot to fill it back up yeah so so i'm going to relate this to hunting uh so if you're with tc we've hunted together quite a bit uh might be a little different than Canada on this but especially if we're hunting like a big dry feed you may call a lot in that dry feed and you're doing the exact same thing to call ducks. So it's, it's really good training to know how much breath to keep going. It, it's very similar to it. Mm-hmm. Like it would be way closer to it than on a main street call. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're talking about training, like, tra- so in firefighting, we do, 
breath training to kind of calm us down and, and to make sure we have capacity with our tank, like at the end there, are you doing any training for like your, your lung capacity and stuff like that too? So that's actually, for me, a guy that has done it for a long time now, building your air up is the hardest part because I'm, I don't get to practice as often as I used to. So there's times I will hop on a treadmill. If I'm only a week out from a contest, I know I don't have the air. To, I'll hop on a treadmill. I'll go buy a sack of balloons and I'll just blow balloons up all day. I mean, any chance I get, I'm just blowing balloons up and you're, you just basically trying to stretch your lungs out and that's the best way, but just blowing your duck call is honestly the best way to build your lungs up, build your air, the best training, because if you do too much of that, you end up having to retune your call because you built it up so much. And then you're worrying about, do I have it tuned correctly for this contest? And that's just a whole nother nightmare. But yes, I do train a little bit with running on a treadmill and um, blowing balloons. Yes. Good. So what would be next for someone? Like once they've kind of gone, done their first competition, like do you, do you get a, a teacher? Do you, what do you do once you've done, once you got into this competition stuff, is there anything that can be helpful? So as soon as the contest is over, a lot of judges will take really good notes of what you did wrong, what you did right, and go ask the judges for their notes. Every judge will be more than happy to help you, and they're going to give you the best feedback possible. And then after that, I – so I had a couple guys that helped me out, like a guy named Trey Crawford who helped me with my feet a lot, and a guy named Wayne Betts who helped me with my Main Street side. Find a guy that has done it a long time and – the, they're going to hear stuff in you that you can't pick up on yourself because you can only hear so much and give yourself so much advice until you need a second opinion or somebody at that contest that you heard was really good. Or maybe the guy that won it, shoot him a text, shoot him a video a voice recording, and they're going to help you. It's just a big community of guys that's willing to help. I mean, like even Bobby, I mean, he's been around it so much. He could hear what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. Yeah. I mean, everybody's willing to help. And honestly, All of the contest scholars will help you out. Yeah. yeah. Getting so, notes and finding somebody to just, I mean, that was even at the contest is the best way to you do it. Yeah. So I guess my last question would probably be um, as a first time competitor, is there a duck call? And I'm not saying like a duck lander call. I'm saying if I called you, Bobby, and said, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty proficient caller. I'm going to do some, I'm going to practice for a calling routine. Is there something I should be looking for? Like up slow, like. Uh, for a meat call, uh, raspy and loud. Yeah. Cause you can always make that call quiet. So you're, you're pretty much not going to run a small bore call for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not well, saying nobody does, but for the most part and one read, uh, you're not going to have a lot of double reads on stage. So like a single read open water yep. is kind of what the, the yep. generic. A, a full ranged call. I mean, because yeah. the timber is not going to get loud enough. You're liable to break the read over, cause it to squeak. Then you're yep. getting cut from the contest. Just a single read call that you're very comfortable with that can do all parts of the routine is the yep. biggest thing. Okay. And yeah. And that's, oh, go ahead. Noted like myself, Bobby, I know only carries one duck call because they find the one duck call that can be used every day and can hit all spectrums. Yeah. I mean, I have blown in a lot of contests with the same call I've hunted with for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, 
but mostly you need you need something with power and volume. Uh, that's yeah, power and volume goes a long way in doing this. Yeah, and this isn't like if I was to call Bobby for like an open call, that would be a totally different custom kind of thing. Whereas this is just like I can grab like one of the ones right off your shelf there, eh, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, unless you guys have anything to add, I think that's pretty informative and hopefully it helps people getting onto that stage. Right. So you guys have anything more that we should be discussing here? Because I'm, I don't know anything about it. I'm just looking for help. Right. And uh, if another, the guy's going to do it, sorry, go ahead to see. Another thing I to, cause everybody always struggles finding new contests. The best way to find more contests to go to is there's a callingducks.com. They typically have a lot of contests listed um there's a couple facebook pages competitive duck and goose callers that you'll find a lot of duck calling contests and just get the stage time that's the you're always going to be nervous i mean i get nervous every time i'm shaking like a leaf before i step up there it the stage time will get you more comfortable and know and so you'll perform better yeah and and I, I like to convert that oh, sorry i cut you there no, um, you're fine I like to convert that into like in, in the jujitsu world, they always say like, there's no winners and losers. There's winners and learners. Right. And just by getting up onto that stage, you're going to learn something. And just by getting up there, you're that much further ahead than the people that haven't even gone on and competed. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I would mention, uh, I'm not, well, I'm not super hip on this. I haven't been on social a lot lately, but I believe it was either Kyle Jones and Mike Benjamin, or it might just be Mike, or it might just be Kyle, but they started, uh, I think it's the ICA, International Callers Association, I believe. Have you seen that, TC? Yep. Yep. Okay. And I, I believe it is to get people into contest calling. Yep. So, I mean, if you're trying to get into it, that would probably be a good place to start. I think it's, is that, I think it's just on social. I know it's got a website. Uh, to my knowledge, it's only a social media yeah. as well. Is it the ICA? Is that what it is? Yep. 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 Yeah, any of those guys will help you out. Yeah, and they run an online uh, calling competition too. If I'm thinking, yeah, of the right that's, they've been doing that. Yep. yep, and it's awesome. And you know what? Another thing I would suggest is like, from what I remember, they posted a lot of the routines, like she could hear them. Um, yeah. Go and have a listen, man. Listen to what's going on and what's being said, and then kind of try and mimic it a little bit, right? So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well. Guys, that was super informative, and I hope that the listeners got something out of this. So I appreciate your time, guys. All right. Thank you.